Ahoy there! It's your old pal, Cowboy Kevin Mann. Thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of Season 3 of the Attitude Era Podcast. It's going to be Monday Night Raw, the 9th of July, 2001, and I hope you all enjoy this episode. Just want to give a quick shout-out to all our amazing, lovely backers over on patreon.com forward slash Podcast. If you want to get access to a boatload more Attitude Era Podcast content and help support this show, you can do that. Just head on over to our Patreon page, become a backer, and get access to a variety of audio goodies for your ears and there's never been a better time to become a backer because if you become a five dollar backer that's just five dollars for a month you get access to the smackdown crawl which is myself and adam reviewing each and every episode of smackdown starting way back at the end of 99 and we're just about to hit the millennium so there's currently nearly 20 episodes up two new episodes go up per month minimum as well as a variety of other goodies which you can enjoy such as book reviews exclusive q a's and audio commentary tracks discounts on merchandise and more there's a variety of rewards to suit a variety of tiers but thank you everyone who has supported us so far hope you're enjoying the smackdown crawl hope you're enjoying season three of attitude era podcast and speaking of here's our next episode of season three Season 3, Episode 3, it's Monday Night Raw, July 7th, 2001, from the WCW hotbed of Atlanta, Georgia. Hello everyone once again, I'm Cowboy Kevin Mann, join us I'm always in this review of one of the most blind and poorly received angles of all time by my cohorts, comrades and colleagues. Firstly to my right, the only man tonight who is not wearing pyjamas during this recording, it's Adam Bibolo. I'm not naked. I have got normal clothes on. Let's just get that clear straight away. Do you think you're better than us? No, I wish you guys had told me in advance to bring some PJs, because I would have done and we could have all been united then. You should have done the required reading for the podcast, (laughs) which is Kevin and Billy's Pyjama Manifesto. Yeah, that's fine. You want to alienate one third of the podcast. That's not a problem. You're just a square, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Billy here in our fucking pyjamas. We had porridge this morning. There were raisins in it. It was fucking great. Billy has got the Kermit in animal pyjamas on again. I can (laughs) let the listeners know. Podcast pyjamas, mate. (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) Are you excited to talk about this episode of Rob? Super duper excited. This fucking period we're in, like, I love that you keep saying this is the most maligned period in wrestling because I'm having a brilliant time watching this. I mean, I don't think that we're sadists because, seriously, we've watched bad wrestling. Yeah. And it ages. Yeah. It ages bad. We're only into this whole angle by, like, an inch. So, it's you know, it's got plenty of time to go rapidly downhill and the wagon to fall apart. But at the minute, I'm having a blast watching this. It's coming more and more obvious to me, I think, that this is going to be like fun to watch in spite of itself yes as in everyone every chef in that kitchen is fucking things up and taking a leak inside that soup yet somehow the flavors still work somehow somehow just don't tell anyone what you're actually having and to my left unquestionably the pajamist man on the planet (laughs) mr billy keeble hello how's things not too bad Excited to talk about some more Monday Night Raw? Yeah, this one a little less so than the last one. Ah, yes. There's something about this one that I'm uh, I'm not quite too keen on, but we'll get into that. For those of you who are a little bit political, I've done this episode of Raw 
the Theresa May edition because there's so many changes in U-turns and backtracks on ideas that have been firmly established quite quickly. So if you don't get that joke, just think of your local politician who you don't like. Um, Malcolm Turnbull, uh, Donald Trump, uh, oh, that guy, yeah. uh, Ziggy Stardust, whoever it is, <laughs> yeah. you know, it'll work. It's politics, baby. Oh boy! I mean, I think before we get into this episode of Raw, I have to tell you what happened in the last episode of Raw. So we jumped over a week. We jumped over a week, mm-hmm. and for, I can't come up with a better reason of saying because I didn't want to review it. <laughs> well, yeah, we can't do every single episode of Raw, but there are a couple that are significant. You think taking a week off wouldn't make a big difference? <laughs> well, I mean, we know that when we were ending things on that last episode of Raw, Booker T was the fucking the the, the dog. He was yes. the top dog. Mm. He was the big guy. He was. WCW waving that flag. DDP, still a creep. Shane McMahon, good guy. WCW, we don't know what it is, but they're good guys and they want they they're there for old school wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, and they don't want it to be all fucking shit. They want it to be cool wrestling and Shane wants to get it on TV, but Vince won't. That's where we are. The following week we had our first ever WCW section of Monday Night Raw which was so weird they're in Tacoma Washington which is like totally WWF land and like with 20 minutes to go in the show Paul Heyman and JR turn around and go well uh, we're ending the broadcast now and we're handing it over to WCW so bye I guess and just walk off and some WCW lights flash and it goes and it's the sound effect because it's going to be really big and then out comes Shane McMahon. Here we go. Money talks. And he comes out and he says, yeah, I'm really excited. And just to let you know, you know, we're going to have this great main event here tonight. It's going to be for the WCW Championship. I want to bring out our special commentators. Scott Hudson, who was in WCW for a cup of coffee at the tail end. Right. And Arn Anderson. Oh, okay. Right. I like Arn Anderson. Yeah. He does a great spine buster. Does he do a great commentary? Well, I don't know what you're saying. I mean, just go to times I went to WCW, and uh, you know the rest is there in WCW. They're they're very accomplished, and uh, that's what it's all about. What they're doing there in the ring now, they're wrestling. So yes, then yeah, he's an excellent announcer. Awesome, awesome job. <laughs> so here we go. It's like right, it's time for our main event. We brought out the announcers who brought who came out with Stacy Keeber, and Stacy's going to do the ring announcing, and everyone's quite confused. And in the background, you can see rows of people leaving because they like, ain't fucking watching this shit. Because <laughs> you know, still to come, Buff Bagwell. <laughs> Wait, so sorry, did they not announce ahead of time that this was going to happen? They, they did, did yeah. No, they said like it was on SmackDown. They said they were going to do like a title match. They're going to do WCW matches because Linda appeared on Smackdown she said I'm going to let them have some okay. show time okay. so you can have a bit of competition they're still not committing to a TV show but we're getting bits of WCW yeah. on yeah. air which is going to be announced by Scott Hudson and Aaron Anderson and WCW lights are there oh and the referee's got a white shirt on as well so he looks like he's working in a racist pub <laughs> <laughs> he's going to put out a spread for the EDL and, you know, <laughs> he's going to punch Danny Dyer like. <laughs> so the worst thing that you could tell, the, the rumour about this is that they wanted to sabotage it. That Vince hated the idea. Mm. And guess whose job it was to make all this WCW stuff, in inverted commas, just work. Uh, it was JR. JR was like, you make Aww. it work. Make it happen. You organise the guys, your talent relations, make it work. You worked there once. Uh, mm. 
but leave before they come out. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't be around when it's going on. Okay, but you can say one thing about that idea is the fact that after all the many years of Raw and WCW, it's historic that you were having WCW mm. programming main yeah. eventing a WWF show, and like that, they were making it, it's a big deal. So there is a little residual, like, oh, what's going to happen feel yeah. in the audience, which is immediately lost as Shane McMahon and everyone's there ready to start off. And then William Regal comes out and he says, Shane, we're going to have you removed from the building because Vince McMahon doesn't want you here tonight. And then Shane goes, it's okay because I don't want this to be about me. It's not about McMahon's. It's about the wrestlers. Remember that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's not about the McMahon's. Right, cool. <laughs> Fucking arsehole. So then Shane McMahon very quietly gets escorted out by security. And then Buff Bagwell's music hits. Now, those two things on their own, maybe not, but together, that makes the crowd go quiet. Yes. Buff Bagwell and Booker T had the worst match in the history of fucking professional wrestling. It's so fucking bad. Oh, my God. It was so fucking bad. Neither lad had wrestled since they had sold the company. Well, back in April. Yeah. Fucking hell. So, Buff Bagwell, even though he's looking... Like, they're both in good shape, Mm. but they're so ill-timed. It's isn't it? I mean, we watched Buff before, even when he wasn't, like, with a layoff, he was shit. People started leaving. This match sucks. This is boring. And the commentators are so bad. Like, literally, they're going to break to start it off. And Scott Hudson, the first thing he says, Oh my God, it's so historic. Wait till you see. Buff Bagwell takes on Booker T for the WWF Championship. Oh, for fuck. <laughs> Come on. It's your brand. Like, you've got one thing to represent here. So, yeah, they decided because the reaction to the match was so bad. Now, there is rumour about this. I don't know if it's true or not. But the word was that it was going so bad, Vince was on headsets and gorilla and said, fuck it, just send out Austin and Angle to DQ this match. So that was an audible, like, yeah. called. Right. So they just came out and they bet up everyone. And Booker, it's so awkward because they beat up Booker T. And Buff Bagwell just kind of stands there. And he keeps trying to, you know, like when Mark Merrow's in a Royal Rumble and he keeps going over trying to, people like, no, I don't I want to play with you. (laughs) Go away. (laughs) So it's basically Austin like won't let Buff do anything, and then they just beat up Buff and they throw them both out of the building. And Buff Bagwell's mother complains, and uh, Buff was gone. That was his only match. That's fucking depressing. So we've lost one of our three big studs, Buff Bagwell. There, but the grace of God goes us. So I mean, on SmackDown. They did, like, Palumbo and O'Hare, they had a tag team championship match. On Heat, they had some... It was WCW guys facing WCW guys. Yeah. That's the idea. So it's separate still, basically. Yeah, so you've had, like, Gregory Helms took on Billy Kidman, for instance. Mm. Palumbo and O'Hare took on, like, Canyon and Hugh Morris. It's all random pairings. No one knows who any of these people are. Yeah. But as we're going into this, WCW have matches, Mm -hmm. and they are terrible. Draw from the 7th of July, 2001. WCW title at stake. Diamond Dallas Page taking advantage of an opportunity. Oh, God! Wait, is that the Undertaker? Oh, my God, that's the Undertaker. Booker T has pinned Diamond Dallas Page. And the Undertaker has DDP on the run. Page is hightailing it out of here. Booker T with the roll-up. Got the 1-2-3 on Diamond Dallas Page. Page and Undertaker so 
Undertaker outside the building. WCW sending the message. Yeah, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's Recap of uh, DDP taking on Booker T for the WCW Championship from SmackDown. Now, they are very confused about Booker T because what happened the other week with Bradshaw and Farouk and all the boys? What were they doing about Booker T and all the invaders? Well, they were sort of like uniting together to take them on and like ward them off. They even actually at one point with Palumbo and a hair, they like they came out to do a run-in on the Hardys, and then they like the entire locker room came out and they killed the two. They put them through tables, they double powerbombed them, everything. But on SmackDown, Booker T shows up and he's got his WCW championship. And all the guys, all the WF guys are there to beat him up and teach him a lesson. And then they all go, oh, hang on a second. And they all stand aside and they kind of part. And Booker T's looking left and right like, yeah, respect, man, yeah, yeah. And everyone's slowly parting. At the end, it's Bradshaw. And there's old Texan Bradshaw. He's been here for hundreds of years. And he goes, who the hell do you think you are? And he's like, I'm Booker T. And I'm going to defend my WCW championship. And Bradshaw's like, Psh. Oh, hell, son. Go get him. And he walks off and Bradshaw's like, Huh, Booker T, maybe he is a pretty tough guy. So Booker T's like such a fucking hero in a face that even Bradshaw and all the WF guys are like, Huh, Booker T, maybe WCW is a little So what the fuck is going on? Yeah. (laughs) I... It still seems like, yeah, they're trying to keep it so that both brands are good and it can be like, who do you choose? Like, who are you siding with here? Instead of the WCW being the villains, yeah. for one week they are, like, on equal footing. It's like on that recap they re- realised, oh shit, like, this doesn't make any sense. What do we do? Because they do the thing where Booker T is, like, starts getting beaten up by DDP and then yeah. Shane McMahon comes in and he's like, well, what are you doing? And then, like, all, like, Mike Awesome is like, yeah, get out of here. And they all beat up Shane and Booker T. Yeah. Who are these guys? They yeah. show you what happened, but they don't tell you why this happened. Like, they, it's a piss-poor recap. I've not, like, I. it's honestly, it's like, I think DDP wanted to win the championship. I, is it? Is? Mm. It's really confusing. We have also as well looming over us, uh, Vince McMahon's got his day in court in storyline, which never transpires. It's divorce court, because he and Linda are getting divorced. The original plan for this, uh, you can probably see all these threads tying in together, was that the judge was going to split their assets 50-50, which meant that you're going to have a roster split. Right. And that was where they were originally going to split off and have WCW at WWF, and that's how they are going to do it. Like like what they did in 2002, basically. Yeah. yeah. But it was going to happen then, but they decided, nah. No WCW hard on Saturday nights, I guess. <laughs> DDP, after beating up Undertaker, screaming in his face, You're not so famous now, huh? You're nothing! He's not nothing though, is he? Like, he's the Undertaker. He's quite famous, like. So now he wants to make Undertaker not famous anymore, is well, the new plan. If you ain't going to make me famous, I'm going to make everyone in the world slightly less famous so my current level of fame seems like it's famous. Taker's just there, like, he wants to be famous. I'll make him infamous. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I want pictures of TDP. <laughs> it's like he's a fame vampire. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no one knows what the fuck is going on. Least of all, Scott Hudson, who can't even remember what fucking company he's working for. <laughs> WCW have turned on Shane and Booker T because... We're in Hotlanta, Georgia, WCW's home. You think they would have done the old uh, Booker T, Buff Bagwell match here? Maybe, They yeah. really could have gone, like, you know, the Garden Classics. Yeah. This building has got lots of history yeah, yeah. as well. Nah, no hallowed ground for WCW. Tonight, we've got a stacked card. I got so excited when I saw this. At the start, we got Shane versus DDP in a street fight. <laughs> yeah. Shane McMahon, who two weeks ago we were told was never wrestling again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. I should have, that should have fucking made me a little more, hang on. <laughs> You're wrestling. Uh, and also as well, legitimately a dream match for me. I was so excited when I heard this. The Undertaker versus Mike Awesome and Lance Storm in a handicap match. Yes, please. Two fucking like really different wrestlers. To, I thought these two could get over literally by being in a match with The Undertaker. So I'm excited for these two ones. Yeah, uh, Mike Awesome's profile picture as well when they're showing the matchup card. I've christened Schrodinger's goatee because it's kind of there and it isn't at the same time. <laughs> so we're kicking things off. Shane McMahon versus Diamond Dallas Page. Our opening street fight of the night. Like, were you confused at all, Billy? Like, going from the end of last week where it's like, WCW, yeah, we're doing it. Now it's like the two top WCW guys are fucking fighting. Yeah, they really didn't, like, like you said before, they didn't do a good job of uh, explaining the situation. Mm. Of... You can't explain it if there is no explanation, though, I guess. Yeah, is the no, real... it was like another King of the Ring. Well, you all saw what happened uh, on Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to explain. We don't need to explain. You all saw it. It's really amazing because in those recap packages they're always very good at kind of waving the magic wand it's like mm. ah, forget these bits that don't make sense here's the bit that does make sense mm -hmm. and even with that like I watched the Smackdown it fucking makes even less sense if, <laughs> if possible if you watch it in whole so Shane Man comes out he's got Positively Mac written on the back of his shirt taken off of Positively Page Diamond Dance Page's incredibly sweary autobiography and his opponent Rolling, 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 rolling. Change of plans, lads. All right, uh, get used to it. You are not seeing Shane McMahon versus DDP tonight. No. He steps into the ring and he says that DDP's ass is his. He wants his ass. He wants that ass. I'm going to say this, and this may seem like a really terrible analogy, but there's been a change of plans here on top of another. I mean, DDP versus Shane McMahon on its own right seems like a change of plans. Mm -hmm. This whole period of the invasion reminds me a lot of that Kelly Osborne and Ozzy Osborne's duet that they did. Oh, changes. Changes. We're going through changes. It deals with the subject of transition. <laughs> it's often frequently grating, and for no apparent reason, very memorable. <laughs> You're gonna get so many angry Sabbath fans. <laughs> Actually, it was a Sabbath song first, and then Kelly did a cover with Ozzy. Wait, was this? Yeah. Oh, man. All the Ozzy fans are going to come flooding into your inbox now. Oh, man, I can't wait for Kelly to do uh, Iron Man. <laughs> I am Iron Man. <laughs> Undertaker, you fucking dick. All right, oh, Shane McMahon's been to the embroiders for this match. Yeah, yeah legit. <laughs> does it say rolling, rolling, rolling? <laughs> no, it does not. Leave him alone. Let him wrestle. His shirt says positively Mac, not rambling promo about famous yards or whatever. <laughs> Taker says page is his. DDP comes out. Once again, he looks petrified. Yep. 
Every time he's come out, he's looked scared. The only time he's looked confident is when he attacked his wife from behind. <laughs> yeah, I like the idea of all of his stalker things where he's like really nervous. Like, oh shit, did, did that look like someone's home? Are they home? Okay, alright, never mind. Okay, guys, I'm back here. <laughs> DDP has got a chair and he starts hitting the ropes over and over again. You know he's not going to hit Undertaker, he's swinging it way too hard. He comes into the ring and the two of them just start brawling. Oh yeah, and Sarah's here as well. Yeah, just just his valet now. Like, <sighs> like no adds charisma. Nothing. It's another adds Deborah. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, no charisma whatsoever. But at least with Deborah, like at the very least, Deborah with that you know f- with fucking Monty Python's flying circus backstage there with Vince and uh, Kurt and Austin. She's very much the Grain Chapman of the group, isn't she? Yeah. You know, bouncing off people, being the straight man, like for for Austin to do his uh, wackiness and whatnot. His silly walk, like it's the most favourable thing anyone's ever said about Deborah. <laughs> the Graham Chapman of the group. <laughs> the fuck. Uh, I love Sarah's trousers, though. They're oh yeah, they're actually really cool. Citric trousers. Yeah, just for around the house, like like if you wore those trousers, you wouldn't get scurvy, like if you're at the high seas goes for a choke slam and then Shaman Man comes in betrayal it's a swerve a WCW swerve the mother of all swerves there are swerves and there are swerves and baby then there are swerves and we've all been swerved big old booze Shaman Man wails away so do you think at any point they thought the WCW fans in Atlanta will cheer Shane and DDP teaming up on the WWF guy, The Undertaker. No. I don't think that's what they were going for. There's no way. No one's going to boo Undertaker. No. Like, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that they... Because clearly, like like you say, they should have had the big WCW main event tonight. I don't think they've put together the connection between Atlanta and WCW. Yeah, I, they didn't make any mention at all. Inconsequential, like... I'm just reading up too much into it, like, looking at my, <laughs> my map, like... It's, it's so weird, because, like, straight away, Undertaker overpowers Shane. Hmm. And he's just beating up Shane. And Jim Ross is like, what the hell's going on? Like, because it is, it's really confusing. And then Paul Heyman goes, what do you mean what's going on? It's WCW attacking WWF. But like, why is something that which is meant to be the core of this seems so weird then? Because it's Mm. like, it is a WCW versus WWF and that's what we're getting and yet it seems wrong and weird. Yeah. I don't get this at all. Shane McMahon has thrown his true colours. He is a McMahon. I love Heyman's like, really paints this as a really, really great uh, picture. We go for a last ride on DDP, but uh, we get light chair shots and we get two on one brawl. So there you go. Smackdown and that whole sequence we saw where DDP and Shane were beating each other up. That was a brilliant plan. Mm-hmm. Fucking brilliant, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Lads, I've got a brilliant plan. Um, come here to me. I'm going to beat up the both of yous. Uh, but it'll be our little secret. Okay? <laughs> no one will know. I mean, no one. Will, I'm not actually. I am actually beating you up, but it's we're in on it, so it's okay. I hate that in wrestling. Anytime yeah. they fucking do that, it's so fucking stupid. Sarah comes into the ring. She's got no shoes on her. She's got no training, and she gets Shane McMahon with a kendo stick. And then DDP comes over, grabs her. You ready? And then a diamond cutter. <laughs> 
Oh, and his face afterwards. He is delighted that he hit the diamond cutter. It gave him more than a thumbs up, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Like, he is, yeah, he's like a pig and shit DVD. <laughs> the, the way that Taker jumps on top of Sarah to, like, protect her head after everyone's gone is a bit, like, late. He does like a big splash on yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He's a worse boyfriend than Spike Dudley, like. Yeah, Spike Dudley would be there for his Molly, like. That's like ten swerves in two seconds. It's way too much. And it's the first of many tonight. Oh, gee, I got fucking dizzy watching this episode. WCW isn't invading WWF as much as it's fucking haunting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> swerves and bad decisions. <laughs> it's like a chest burster from Alien. It's in there. <laughs> I mean, it is just going to burst out when everyone's having dinner. And it's not like, ah, it's more of a... (laughs) Jim Ross, right, does his best. He wants to put a bow on this segment here. Because a lot has happened. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a double swerve on SmackDown, which they set us up. And then we got another swerve and a swerve off the back of that. And JR just puts a little bow on it. What are we meant to feel, JR? What are we meant to be? What are our emotions here? This invasion, quite frankly has escalated to a sad and pathetic hype. Or low, if you will. Oh, you might as well stop watching. (laughs) (laughs) What an awful, a pathetic hype. I don't know. I I didn't mind that so much. Like, because you've got a big five minutes of Sarah getting put on a stretcher and taken away, and they're selling it like this is the casualties of the invasion. Like, it's already gone too far. Yeah, innocents are getting hurt in the the middle of the chaos. It seems like what WCW is a vehicle for Sarah to get beaten up. It seems pretty much. That's what they're all about. Like, Heyman is really great because you know what happened. Heyman's got a big deal happening later. And he's very good on commentary and he mm. drops little bits here mm-hmm. and there. You know it's when Shane's walking off and he's like going, what do you expect? He's a McMahon. And he goes, McMahons are ruthless, JR. They cut their competitors out of business. They don't play fair. Ooh! He's going to try and make it work, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I'm fucking glad that He's Heyman, trying the hardest. He's the best at getting this fucking mm. shit over. Oh my God. Backstage. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, boy! Shaming man, DDP, they hoop and they holler. That's how you make impact. That's how you. Oh, check this out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How you make impact? You know what? You did such a great job tonight. Why don't you, why don't you take the rest of the night off? You know, I don't think night. he's going to need it. Why don't you go down to Buckhead and take a little spin? At least him and his old lady ain't going to need it. Look at that. That's a beautiful day. You have a, you have a great evening. Oh. Oh. Let's go, baby. He's a crap on says they've made an impact now let's ride this fat hog they steal hulk hogan's motorbike by the look of it what the fuck is taker doing with a big red and yellow mackie's bike is that why he's not come out the last couple of weeks they are it looks like one of those shirts you used to get in like the late 90s early 2000s you know like the black button down shirts had the flames coming up yeah. the, bottom, like. the guy fieri shirt yeah. <laughs> yeah your man the guy who used to be the editor of official nintendo magazine <laughs> he would challenge anyone to beat him in pokemon blue and he'd be there his little fucking Game Boy in his fire shirt. <laughs> New record for most obscure references. I reckon I could take him. I had a fucking level 17 Dugong. Like. 
DDP starts revving the ever-loving shy out of this. And I bet they thought everyone at WCW could ride a bike, right? Like, because, you know, hog wilds and shit. So he's revving and going, run, 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 run. And then, like, you see the worry starts to slowly creep in on his face. It's like, wait a minute, Shane. This bike ain't moving, like. And Shane goes, whoa, yeah, baby, come on, yeah, baby. Right there, baby, right there. And he points right at the clutch. He goes, oh, thanks. <laughs> Tries up. <laughs> So next time anyone's making a big getaway, woo, yeah, right, right there, baby, <laughs> <laughs> right there. <laughs> He's helping out his wrestlers. It's nice. So Paige zips away, presumably to Hog Wild and Sturgis, and uh, yeah, there you go. It's how you make an impact. Sarah's been ambulanced away, and it dawned to me at this point that we're not going to get our other announced match. Which was because yeah. Undertaker's in the ambulance, yeah. he's gone. But he does have a nice little moment where he swears he will get revenge, like over Sarah's dead body. Like, are they like, are they taking like, are they? I mean, at this point now, because the last two weeks, DDP has definitely been more of a threat than he was before. Mm. But do you think it works that he's attacking Sarah as opposed to Undertaker? Or I mean, I don't know. Yeah, because he is still meant to be a sicko, and he's a pathetic little man. And I wouldn't expect him to take out The Undertaker. I would expect him to go after Taker's mm-hmm. wife because he's a little worm. Like I think they're doing better here than they did at King of the Ring with DDP. Definitely. Yeah. He's more of a creep. He ain't fucking high-fiving anyone and signing autographs here. Like Coming up next, Tag Team Championship oh. on the line. Okay, you can take away those two matches. You're giving us this. I'm okay. The fucking Dudley Boys versus the APA. Oh, my God. I've watched all the Raws and all the Smackdowns in between, and my god, the Dudley Boys have been booked so strong. This is like their fifth title defense in six weeks. They like they took on the Hardys. Last week they defended against the Brothers Destruction. This week it's against APA. Like they've just taken on all the top teams. Fighting champions. Fucking love it. Absolutely love it. APA have got their corpse handling gloves on. Love that as well. That's a great little addition to the gimmick. <laughs> that is great. On SmackDown, Lil Spike Dudley. Broke his little spike leg. Was that a shoot injury? Because yeah. it looked fucking disgusting. Well, he went up for the Dudley dog. Mm. And he kind of mm. flipped over and landed on his feet and his leg just buckled. Like. A bit like the Seth Rollins knee injury. Oh, like. But just, obviously, like, Bubba didn't know what had happened. But just knowing that he broke his leg and then seeing how Bubba pins him, does the whole grab of the legs and pulls him all the way back. <laughs> knowing that spike's got a broken leg there, like... Oh, man. God. Fucking hell, probably added like two months onto his recovery time with that pin. Farouk has got an elbow injury. See, everyone's injured. He's yeah. got a big elbow injury. And uh, JR is like, we've been told that it will not impact on the match anyway at all. So, <laughs> great. <laughs> I believe it. Great, because like Farouk in the match, he's pretty much like proving that he's not got an elbow injury. He's like fucking power slamming Bubba Ray Dudley and spine bustering him and all this stuff. Remember when these two came in in 1999 and feuded? And like how silent it was, mm. and like how in less than like a year and a half, this is like the, a great fucking feud with two great teams with great characters, both over. It's so incredible how much that can happen. And you think about when we were doing The Rock's return, and it's like WrestleMania says twenty seven. What's Kofi Kingston doing? Uh, I think he's feuding with Dolph Ziggler. Like WrestleMania twenty nine. What's he doing? Uh, same. Mm, yeah. And exact same characters. No yeah. one's any more or less over here. You're seeing progress. Really great back and forth here. We have uh, Rook beating up Bubba Ray and then Brad beating up Bubba Ray. <laughs> the commentators keep debating the ethics of Sarah, the housewife they refer to her as constantly, or also the man's wife. Ah, oh, come on. So they're debating the ethics of her getting the diamond cutter. Uh, <laughs> debating the ethics. Yes. Yeah. 
Because they're saying like, oh, well, she got in the ring. She knows what she was doing because she hit DDP with a stick. I don't know. No. Also, she's only a housewife, as they said. Like She should know not to get in the ring. Why is she a housewife and not a wife? Yeah. Or Sarah? Why don't they call her Sarah? I'm pretty sure that Undertaker and Sarah are well off enough that they probably have cleaning staff around the house. Figured. Like, Sarah probably is a lot more than a housewife, I would think. Maybe when Undertaker got rid of that tattoo in his neck, he replaced it with one that says, The man's wife. Like, <laughs> doesn't matter who I'm married to now. Like It's good forever. <laughs> We get in this match one of my best signs ever. Big, huge letters. Kick his ass, Seabass. Nice little Dumb and Dumber reference there. Beautiful. Subtle one. Nice uh, back and forth here. And what I like as well the Dudley Boys, even though they are kind of heels, they're not working like heels. They're not, again, once again, they're not winning because they're low blowing or mm. going behind the rest back. They're winning because they're a better team. Like barefoot pregnant and housebound in the kitchen line from Paul Heyman about the housewife on commentary there. Channeling the spirit of Jeff Jarrett, like, went in <laughs> to Heyman, like, <laughs> Brad powerbombs Bubba Ray Dudley, Farouk Spinebusters Devon, a standing ovation when they go for was up. <laughs> like, everyone's like, feel this moment <laughs> for the rest of your lives. <laughs> Spine Dudley appears, he's on crutches. Bops Bubba Ray Dudley with his crutch. We get a clothesline from hell. And the APA win the championships. Yay! Nice little win for the APA Yeah, here. seriously. I like the kind of kayfabe story here, which is like, you've been done well by the WWF, so you're getting an opportunity. I think, yeah, that the APA are going to be a big part of the invasion. Like, they are going to be a big sort of... The sort of the mid card brunt of their the war WWF machine in, uh, in 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 Iron Man. Literally, yeah, it's just like <laughs> perfect. Like, yeah, like the house calls, like yeah, exactly. God, have more nerdy references going through. You like when you're doing maths, right? <laughs> and you've got all these fractions. Bubba Ray looks legit pissed off mm. at what's transpired because they're on like a total winning streak and they lost and it's because of Spike and that's like fucking crushing them. It's sad that Spike has gotten injured because it feels like they were building up like we weren't we hadn't gotten the payoff yet no. with that feud of where it was in. going and I feel like Spike's still going to be here but on crutches. Second time in his career that's happened in two years. Damn. Broke his leg in ECW as well. Vince McMahon handily recaps the show backstage and Steve Austin even more handily still repeats it. Oh my god. Think about what's happened here. Think about what's happened. I mean, we have new WWF Tag Team Champions. New Tag Team Champions. And, and Shane McMahon, the owner of WCW. Owner of WCW. Shane goes to the ring tonight and, and you want to talk about arrogance. That's arrogance personified. Arrogance personified. I mean... He, he, Shane McMahon is just consumed. Consumed. So. Consumed with all of this power. Consumed with all of this power. He's consumed. Damn, he's consumed. He's consumed. Let's face it. Shane McMahon is a bad apple. He's a bad apple. And I guess apple doesn't fall far from the tree, huh? That's enough of that. So fucking funny this. This is golden. You notice as well that like, he starts looking at Vince's hands yeah. and doing his hand like oh it's so weird. This couldn't be more precious to me. Like the, these guys are just the absolute best of wrestling. I'm, 
he literally can't stop doing it. No. Like Vince tells him at one point, stop imitating me. He goes, I'm sorry, Vince, I'm sorry. And then he starts mouthing the words to silent. <laughs> and he's like, can't, literally can't stop himself. It's honestly like the character of Steve Austin, like literally has no awareness of the world around him. Yeah. Like he is completely oblivious. He's on another plane. <laughs> I don't know what, like what's going on in that head because he turns to Vince and goes, yeah, I was meant to bring you an apple today, Vince, and I forgot. Like, just like his car is coming like into te- small Like a teacher. Like, yeah! Uh, like, what? Apple for teacher. <laughs> I love that Deborah gets involved as well when he's repeating it. So it's like, Shane's a bad apple. Shane's a bad apple. And then Deborah goes, and apples don't fall too far from the tree. Don't do that, Deborah. God damn it, stay out of this for fuck's sake. It's like in um, fucking Dark Place where they're like, he'll come up trumps. Yes, but there's also a joker in the deck. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Cowboy Kurt Angle, the newest member of the ranch, enters with gifts! Yay, gifts! Yeehaw! Howdy, partners! I'm here. How you doing, guys? How you doing, guys? I'm Kurt. Hey, Deborah, how are you? Guys, look what I brought. I brought you presents. Steve, you got them last week? You... I got them this week. Presents? Hey, after this cowboy hat? Oh, I'll tell you, you know I had what? to get you something. You got me one? Yeah, of course. You guys are my buddies. Did you get one for Vince? Oh, thank you. you uh, I'm sorry, what'd you say? Did you get one for Deborah? Uh, no, no. Anyways, you guys <laughs> go ahead and open them. Uh, I'll watch. And then I'll open mine. And you're done? Please? Uh, All right. Well, uh, they're my uh, gifts to you. Together or... All right. I love getting presents. Huh? <laughs> huh? Is that great or what? Badges, huh? Cowboy hats, badges, cowboys, howdy partner. Hey, hold on, hold on. Let me open mine. I, I'm not sure what I got myself, but I'm gonna check right now here. Let's say sheriff. <laughs> oh my, oh my God! It's a gold badge. <laughs> it, it matches my gold medals. Is that great? Oh, this is awesome. We have badges now. That, are you serious? Yeah. You brought us these little tin badges? Yeah. You didn't get my wife? You didn't get her nothing? Uh, you didn't get her anything last week. Yeah, uh, mine. No, 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 no. You, no. you keep it, man. She deserved to have yeah, it. Yeah, keep it. We're going to put them on tonight. You're not keeping your badge. I'm going to convince it. Look at this. It's a badge. It's pathetic. Badges? You got us badges? We don't need no stinking badges. Look at you. You looked in a mirror? No. You realize how stupid you look with this stupid little cowboy hat on? You got me it. I know I got it for you, Kurt. It was a joke. You look like a jackass. Just like you looked last week when you said you could go out there and snip Booker T's ankle. You said you was going to make him tap out. You said you was going to break his little leg. You didn't do nothing. What'd you do? I'll tell you what you did. You went out there and you got your Olympic ass whipped by the WCW champion. That's what you did. And I'll tell you what I would do if I was in your shoes. And I'm not. But if I was in your shoes, I'd go to that selfish's dressing room, I wouldn't knock on it, I'd put my foot through it, and I'd look at Booker T and I'd say, hey, you sorry son bitch, you and me tonight for the WCW title, that's what I'd do. So what are you gonna do about it? I'm gonna cook, I'm gonna kick his ass! 
That's He's got no gift for Deborah. And Steve laughs. He doesn't know what he's got them though. <laughs> he, he clearly he does. Pre- he says he's got presents, but he says I don't know what. But I think he says I don't know what they got you. Yeah, he's trying to make out it's like oh I got gifts, but I got any old gifts, so I don't know what it could possibly be. Because he's trying to basically say no, I didn't buy myself this big gold star badge, <laughs> and you two smaller sheriff's badges, in massive boxes with nothing else in them. <laughs> I, I love the cowboy hat bit and this bit is actually even better yeah. I think it's so fucking funny <laughs> my favourite quote of this entire podcast from Steve Austin has to be I love presents <laughs> <laughs> who is this man like, like, who is this it's so indulgent for us and those people who like enjoy this but if you were someone who was like I quit my job because I got inspired by stone cold Steve Austin and now I work for myself like you know those people who are like really talk Austin seriously yeah. Yeah. like he was like very very a huge like role model and like a hero for people and can you imagine turning in and he was somebody you fucking look up to and now he's there I love presents Austin 316 says I love presents <laughs> I love how these four are the power group honestly th- this is yeah. the driving force of this show to me like so many times where it's like the heels are booking the show backstage and it's so derivative like you know, Kevin Nash and Jeff Jarrett loves of babes like yeah. what are we going to book ourselves to do tonight I don't know want to go over or even Triple H and Steph and DX all just you know do whatever the fuck they want and this just how weird they are like it's they're still doing that they're the four heels running the show but they're all so weird and childish. And they're not afraid to look like stupid assholes, unlike your Triple H's and your Kevin Nash's. It kind of feels like what's really annoying about this invasion not working is it's that, like, you get the feeling from this is that, like, this is Vince McMahon and Kurt Angle and Steve Austin. Like, what have you guys become? Like, mm-hmm. this is what you are. You deserve to be invaded. There's no competition and you're already gone weird like this. Like, if they played it that... There are no competition, so that Vince is resting on his laurels, and then yeah. he just got a bit weird. And... He starts wearing his Hawaiian shirt every day. Like... <laughs> he starts not wearing pants, like, <laughs> you know. We get one of the weirdest pops of the night, like a gigantic pop. When Kurt's presenting the medals, Austin stands up and he goes, "We don't need no stinking badges," and throws them. Crowd fucking erupts like they're all a bunch of random I, I cops. think it's because they think he's about to stun a Kurt. I think yeah. people think that's what's going to happen. I thought it was some sort of anti-badge kind of pop. Like, yeah, we don't need a badge. Fuck badges. Take the law into my own hands. I hate the sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> he ran me out of town. But I do not hate the deputy. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, you're right, Billy. A lot of people, I think, thought that like because Kurt was being so goofy that that would be Austin's kind of like oh it's what's going to bring him back like you know Dougie Steve Austin (laughs) literally (laughs) that's so what it is everyone's waiting you know way back two rows ago it was like oh as soon as he has that sip of beer (laughs) (laughs) that with both hands like Never stop Twin Peaks. <laughs> or when Austin walked outside and he saw a Zamboni, he just started crying and he didn't know why. <laughs> and he's repeating everything he yeah. said. Yes. Oh my god! I love presents. Very Dougie. In this, oh my god, has David Lynch like gone back through like old wrestling and just based this entire new season of Twin Peaks on it. I, I, I had a dream, Steve, that when Kurt opens that present, there'll be a cherry pie. <laughs> <laughs> it 
If that's a fucking cherry pie, we can't kill Kurt. Right, come on, Steve. It's the bottom line, huh? Stone Cold said so. Stone Cold said so. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we, we will stop. To your point, Billy, people, I think, were hoping that the old Steve was going to come back and that Kurt was somehow going to trigger, like, Austin realizing, what the fuck are we doing with our hats and our badges and our yeah. presents? I'm Steve Austin, we're being invaded. But I think they're teasing you with that kind of thing where he stands up and he's like, you think he's about to like fucking beat up Kurt, but instead he's actually just running down Kurt and being a bit of a bully. Like the things he says to Kurt, and Kurt looks so fucking crushed. He says he's a jackass, he calls him a clown. Kurt is like got tears in his eyes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you got punked out on SmackDown. You tried to beat up Booker T and he punked you out. And he's like, you know what I would do? I'd go right up to their locker room, I'd kick in that door. And I'd say, where's Booker T? And I'd kick his ass. And Kurt like has got tears in his yeah. eyes. He's like, right, I'm going to do it. And he just walks off. Total fucking face moment for Kurt. Oh yeah. my God, Absolutely. But like, he makes fun of him for his hat as well. It's just like, but I thought you liked me, Steve, because you got me this hat. I got you that hat as a joke. We've all been laughing at you. <laughs> it's so harsh. Like, you'd think it would be funny to see Austin run down Kurt, but he does go so nuclear on him that you are like, oh, poor little Kurt with his hat and his presents. Oh, man. He it's... loves that hat so much. Yeah. Got it from his best friend and brother, Steve Austin. <laughs> Kane arrives with Kane's bag. <laughs> I love this because he's got his bag, but he's already wearing all of his ring gear. What's in it? <laughs> chemicals, I guess. <laughs> Ice cream, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Coming up next, we got the Intercontinental Championship. On the line, Rhino challenging the new champion, Mr. Fucking Posh 2001, Albert. So, if you mentioned Albert Smackdown, beat Kane for mm. the Intercontinental belt. He dominated him um, after dominating him last week as well. Fucking dealing with the X Factor. Two thirds of X Factor have gold. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, it's funny. They were like right to censor it. There was like a moment where it was like, Jesus, they've got like so much. They came out and like all the red lights reflected off all the gold. Fucking X Factor. That's so weird. Mm. This is a group which like just completely flew under history's radar. But when Albert comes out, notice he's got X Pac with him. But there's no just incredible, is there? You know why that is? I heard that they had some fun at his expense. They had a lot of fun at his expense. And it happened on heat, Adam. And it was very sad. Because they've all got belts. And Just Incredible doesn't. And it was at this point in time, he would be presented by different superstars. Like they would present it from WF New York or whatever. Like one week could be the APA, next week could be Taz, and the, the X Factor were presenting it this week. And Just Incredible had no belt. And like, oh, don't worry, we got you a belt, Justin. And then they gave him a little toy. It's a toy belt. <laughs> you don't have a real one. And uh, Albert laughed at him too. They kept interrupting all throughout the night. Like Cole tried to interview them. And it was like, yeah, well, what are your thoughts on the invasion? Like, Albert says something cool, and Xbox says something cool, and Justin's like, eh. And then they grab the mic from, yeah, shut up, Justin. And they keep wow. talking. At one point, they interrupt Justin so they can plug the Mission Impossible 3 soundtrack. <laughs> oh, like, no. Justin, what are your thoughts on, actually, I want to talk about the Mission Impossible <laughs> 3 soundtrack. It's really dope. It's got some tape tracks on it. And Tom Cruise is my dog. <laughs> so, yeah, he's uh, been made fun of lots. So, Just Incredible is a loser. So they just decided we don't like him anymore because yeah. we've got belts and he doesn't. Yeah. Wow, okay, all right. That's the only storyline Just Incredible has gotten since he's come 
to the WBF. At least he had some mates and now he doesn't. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Easy come, easy go. It's, it's actually funny because I remember when you were telling me we did ECW before, like, what, just incredible? It was like a big star. I was like, yeah, he was the world champion. And you were like, how? Yeah, look at the way they treat him. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Literally saying, you don't have a championship. <laughs> you are not good. <laughs> Albert gets a lot of different Jewish names from Paul Heyman tonight. The Moyle of Misery. That's uh, <laughs> what he's going to try and get him over, Paul. Go All on, right. Paul. Hey, get him over. Moyle of Misery. That'll catch on. X-Pac, who's not even in the match, gets massive, loud X-Pac sucks chance. Unbelievable, the heat for this guy. It's universal across the country. Heyman starts calling the Baldo Bomb something else. Did you pick that up? He starts calling it the Meshuganator. So they've got the Moyle of Misery with the Meshuganator. Literally after this, I was on Wikipedia, is... Albert Jewish. Okay, he is. He That's is. Right. It's okay. I thought he was Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> Xbox super kicks Rhino when he uh, interferes. Rhino kicks out. Rhino, once again, has got great reaction. There's a great crowd here. The crowd, even though they've been swerved over, they're fucking nuclear hot here all night long. They're really, really great. We get a runner-up for our Grunt of the Night in this Ooh, match. Baby. 27 minutes, 6 seconds. Rhino does a very tall spine buster onto Albert. And Al just gives a very short Tom and Jerry-esque... And I can't wait to get... Down! <laughs> as he falls down. Big hoss-like action. I love Ooh. these two boys throwing each other around. I like Albert. You know what? I really do. Um, I kind of feel, though, getting pushed at the start of the invasion... Weird timing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's literally like building a house on like foundations that are being ripped apart into the very fabric <laughs> of existence. I also feel like like Rhino's too much of a monster, like, to be put with these guys. Like with Test on the la- on the last roll we mm. did. It's like I, I had there's no doubt in my mind that Test could credibly beat Rhino. Yeah. Mm. And it's the same here, it's Albert. Yeah, he's the IC champion. But it's Rhino. You still don't buy it. I don't buy that no. people can beat Rhino. Yeah, it's 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 weird the way that they're positioning Rhino. They keep putting him in these high-profile matches. But I kind of get the feeling... I don't know why I, where I stand with them on this. Because like, I remember at the time of the summer, Rhino got a big push. Like, a big push. Like, they put him in with a rock at one point. And he is, like, one of the most over people they have. When you think about it, he's one of the most over people that they have in this invasion, like a new character. Yeah. So, I'm going to be, he's someone I'm going to be following very closely. These two, who are people, one guy is very obviously getting a push, which is Albert. The other guy, Rhino, who isn't necessarily getting a push, but is so over with the crowd, you think he should get one. He's just got organic momentum. Yes. Like. So, we'll see when we get to Survivor Series where these two lads yeah. end up. It'll mm. be very interesting indeed. Let's hope they don't turn him heel. Um. <laughs> Rhino with a fucking splash off the top rope holy shit the fuck Rhino goes for a gore which gets reversed the ball of bomb the sugarnator in brackets gets reversed as well Xbox comes into the ring he eats a gore Rhino gets a bicycle kick right in the face and Heyman gives Albert who wins another new nickname the Conqueror of Chaos Albert the Moyle of Misery the Conqueror of Chaos the Meshuganator, mm. the next big skyscraper here <laughs> yeah. the WWF. Grand, yeah. I don't know if I want Albert being an Intercontinental Champion. I don't. Um, I like him and all, but like you say, it feels like weird timing. It's like, fair play, give Albert a chance, but do we have to do it now when there's already a lot of moving pieces? Yeah. He's going to get lost in the shuffle. You just know he is. I think so, yeah. yeah. Along with Xbox. Kurt Angle arrives at Booker T's locker room. Chances them straight away, Booker T, if that is your real name. Hey, Booker. Booker T. 
if that is your real name. You know, I never had a chance to formally introduce myself since you bashed me in the head with your title last week on SmackDown like a coward. But I'm Kurt Angle, Olympic gold medalist. Hey, Booker T, WCW champion. How you doing? How am I doing? I'll tell you how I'm doing. I'm pretty peed off right now. You cheap shot at me last week, and tonight you're gonna pay. I want you tonight, one-on-one, -on -one, for the WCW title. You know, you may have got me once, but I'm a dangerous man. A very dangerous man. So what do you say? You wanna fight? Yeah. Tonight? Oh, yeah. You got one. All right. Hey, Kurt, by the way, what that cute little hat you had on last week? You really think you got a chance against me, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, Mother Hubbard. And Kurt literally says what we've been saying. He's like, look, I know I'm a dork, but I'm a dangerous man. Like, he basically lays out saying, don't fuck with me, because I'm, I'm seriously legit. Beautiful face turn going on right in front of us here. Like, it's so slow and natural just watching him turn face like this. And it's the perfect thing with Kurt, because he's been healed for, like, two years now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's just at that point where he's just entertaining enough where I think that, like, Kurt's gotten his come up in so many times. Mm. That I don't feel like, like if Austin was to turn and beat up Kurt now or someone was to beat up Kurt, you'd be like, oh, you'd feel sympathy for yeah. him. Yeah. So this is so well-timed and so well-written. And we've got King of the Ring in very recent memory where you get to see Kurt as a vicious tooth-and-nail killer. Like I think mm. everyone is ready for Kurt to turn face. Booker T calls Kurt Cowboy. And he <laughs> says, yippee Kaye, Mother Hubbard. <laughs> so clean. Love this boy. Fucking love him. Backstage, Tajiri cleans a haunted suit of armor from Scooby Doo. <laughs> Regal's got a suit of armor. I love that. I wanted so bad for him to enchant that armor and have it wrestle for him. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna have to start watching all the roars because I know there's got to be, there has to be an episode where he lifts up the visor and Tajiri's in there. Like, <laughs> I was gonna say lifts up the visor and there's like a cup of tea or something because WWE is so on the nose of the British. Jericho's pissed in it. A glass of piss. <laughs> a big old piss hose. Oh fucking hell! When Kane comes in here and Tajiri reacts to Kane like a cat seed a cucumber, it's yeah. fucking brilliant. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even know why he's scared he just knows he is scared like Regal tells Kane that Sarah's not seriously hurt he's just been with the hospital she's she's okay but Undertaker's looking after her he's there in the hospital Kane wants to handicap match foreign language yes I agree <laughs> I'm sorry I'm watching with captions on at the moment and it's just like Tajiri it just says foreign, foreign language, language. Oh, God. that's all he ever says <laughs> so yeah Kane is booked into that handicap match fair enough okay that's alright still good it's still good it's still good coming up next are you tired of seeing the big show in random matches yes yeah tough shit the big show versus the biggest eligible bachelor there is <laughs> Jeff Hardy the risk-taking bachelor, Jeff Hardy. Fucking hell. That'll take off. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted at the start, though, because of the ad that they did mm. for Burger King. Do you remember what they said? In the land of the burger, only the Whopper is king. <laughs> I really hope that WrestleMania emanates from the land of the burger. <laughs> Big Show's not doing his cool new hand gesture anymore. Oh, yeah. someone make fun of it and you got upset. Damn it. 
Big Show manhandles Jeff Hardy. Again, like last week with, with Matt, we're seeing him wrestling like he's the Big Show, which yeah. is, is good to see. It's actually some of the better work, I guess, This here. is a nice combination. As crap as it is seeing him all the time in these matches, this works, these two. Trish Stratus appears, who is Jeff Hardy's new BFF. They did a mixed tag match with Lita and Matt versus Trish and the Big Show. At the end of the match, Big Show was going to beat up Trish and kill her, I think, for them losing the match. You know, the usual thing they do where the male wrestler towers over the female wrestler going, what the fuck? And then yeah. they come out and then, you know, someone saves them. And it's like, what was going to happen if they didn't save him? Was Big yeah. Show going to kill Trish? Like, what was going to happen there, really? So Jeff Hardy saved Trish and then she gave him a little kiss. There you are now. There's a lot of fan fiction surrounding those two. Is there? There is. There's a lot of uh, videos set to music of the two segments involving Jeff and Trish. Mm. They're both happily married. It's not going to happen. Let it go. Jeff runs the barricade and splashes the big show. Nice. Very impressive. And then, yes, we get it. Fucking alley-oop by the big show. One, two, three. Count that man. Yeah. Alley oop. Yeah. Won the match. Fucking hey, no one gets up from the alley oop. You're just lucky he didn't hit the final cut on him, like. It looks like an accident. It looks like he's going for a power bomb and then he fucks it up. Like, it's think, horrendous. Do you think when like he was like, I went to OVW and I learned a cool new move? <laughs> like, yeah, show it to us, big show. Okay. Or pick him up for a power bomb and uh, uh, that's the move I didn't slip and fall over that's the move definitely sure it is Big Show JR's like, oh so some sort of powerbomb flapjack well actually I was thinking we could call it the alley oop <laughs> <laughs> big alley Paul oop <laughs> I'm telling you we get the fucking alley oop in this one if he turns heel and or cries I want to line at Big Show bingo it's great <laughs> and then Trish gives uh, Jeff Hardy a little kiss this match was really boring Oh, you're not like that. I literally, my notes for this match are nine words long. Trish comes out, Big Show wins, Trish kisses Jeff. That's literally all I wrote for this. It was too short to be considered boring for me, I guess. I thought it was an okay match. I mean, seeing the alley-oop is like seeing like a rare bird of some sort in the wild. Like, you know, know, Adam and I would be pitched in a tent waiting for years to see a spotting of the alley-oop. Like, so to see it here in plain day. In focus and everything. Yeah, like in focus. That's incredible. That's really a sight to see. Backstage, Kurt Angle starts stretching. He's just warming up with his arse right in Austin's face. And that's like, get your big arse out of my face. <laughs> Honestly, one of the funniest roars ever, this. Yeah. It's incredible. Particularly with Vince McMahon, who seems to be getting really into the whole stretching business that's going on here. Yeah, get ready. Get ready. Get good loose. <laughs> He's channeling Stu Hart. Like. I think so. Like, Does anyone else want to buy a DVD of VKM Yoga now? <laughs> Inhale tension. That is. I'm only kidding. No ease ever. Tension, tension, <laughs> tension, tension. <laughs> Austin asked to be the leader of Team WWF at Invasion. We're going to be having the inaugural brawl, which is going to be five of the WCW guys against five of the WWF guys. What's at stake at the inaugural brawl? Bragging rights? That's not even been established. Not even that. That's the worst thing about this because I remember when I, you know, I told you I was at language college, when I came back all raring to go, and I was like, everyone was telling me, like all my friends who were watching, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, so it's basically, like they were, they thought what was happening at Invasion was what actually happens at Survivor Series. Yeah, winner As takes in, it all. Winner takes all, one brand will be gone, the other one will be strong forever. 
or along those lines. So after the inaugural brawl, they're like, and then nothing happens. Loads of people I knew stop watching wrestling because they misinterpreted. Mm. But they don't tell you what it is. No, no. Sounds good though. Inaugural brawl, brawlable. But well, doesn't, like doesn't that suggest that there's going to be if it's inaugural, there's going to, it's going to be an annual thing? Yeah, the inaugural first yeah, was like the first. Like, it's the, the annual, the annual invasion of WCW. To WWF, <laughs> like, the first of many. But like, they're calling it the inaugural brawl. I think the problem with that is that it sounds very good, but most people who were watching probably didn't know what the word inaugural meant. Mm. Inaugural means like kickstart, like starting off, like yeah. we're, we're we're going from here. Not yeah. this is it, the final battle. This is literally meant to be the kick off of the invasion he makes a Gilligan's Island analogy where he says that he's the skipper and Kurt is Gilligan and Kurt says no I'm the skipper and Vince is confused because Gilligan's Island it's before my time he's younger than those two (laughs) (laughs) he's a young young man it's like the first time a reference is going to be other than a sports reference has been completely lost on me (laughs) (laughs) I've never watched any Gilligan's Island ever ever yeah so I know that there is a guy called Gilligan and that there is a skipper and a skipper is the boss of a boat Vince says that the two of them and The Undertaker are going to be on the team for definite. Y2J appears at Retcon's King of the Ring and then says he wants to be on the team as well. So he's like, yes, there was this rumour going around King of the Ring, but that just don't, don't forget that at Rumors, all. Rumours, mate. He was playing up yeah. that shit so yeah. much at King of the Ring. Come on. If I was Vince, I'd be like, fuck off. <laughs> no way, fucker. They, uh, they... Proper John Lithgow at the end of Harry and the Hendersons. This like, <laughs> get out of here. We don't want you. <laughs> so Kurt starts repeating Steve as well. Like when Steve is running down Jericho, I fucking love it. This is brilliant writing. Like earlier on in the night, you had Austin mimicking Vince and Kurt being all scared of Austin and like tears in his eyes. And now the second Austin puts his hand on Kurt's yeah. shoulder, Kurt is immediately yeah. in Austin's position now. Like this is fucking excellent. It's very much have like a the three of these have very much like a Top Gear type banter of like bullying, begetting bullying, begetting <laughs> bullying, like frail, fragile male egos propped up by bullying of each other in kind of a cyclical bullying cycle. <laughs> WWF New York. Oh, it's man. Matt Hardy and Amy Dumas, aka Lita, and aka WWF New York, aka the world. Her thoughts on Stacey Keebler and Tori Wilson's challenge. What are your thoughts on this first ever Bra and Panties tag team match? Your thoughts? You know I'll accept the challenge they are, absolutely. You know, Lita doesn't have a problem facing Stacey Keebler or Tori Wilson in any kind of match, let alone the first ever Bra and Panties tag team match. Our only concern is Trish Stratus. We don't know if she can be trusted. Lita doesn't want to team with her, but she will. For one night only, Trish, it's time for you to step up the bat for the WWF and follow the Lita. Trish Stratus, for your first lesson, let me tell you that sometimes actions speak louder than words. very awkward because JR literally goes Lita what are your thoughts and she's like uh and then she thinks that Matt's meant to answer and Matt thinks well surely you're meant to answer and she just goes yeah and then Matt cuts a promo like let me tell you something about Amy Dumas aka yeah. Lita Amy Dumas aka Lita does not fear Stacey Keebler or Tori Wilson and she will happily take part in a Braun Pandy's tag team match Okay, Grant, why did Lita not say any of that? It was so weird. Yeah. 
I just thought Lita's heart wasn't in it. You, you be told, like, you're going to go to WWF New York this Way. week. And you've got to pretend to be excited for a bra and panties tag match. Yeah. One of the only women wrestlers on our roster. Go oh out there. God. I also wouldn't be surprised if they don't, oh, they have food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> they, could, they could have eaten something a bit dodge over there. I've become obsessed trying to find images and pictures and stuff to do with New York. I found a picture of some bruschetta. That's all I found. <laughs> but if you got any pictures of the food, because I think it's going to be like the food from Tom Goes to the Mayor, mm-hmm. like all yeah. bright yellow stuff yeah. and like chicken tiddlers and pork ringlets and stuff like that. Only in close up for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you catch Matt Hardy and Lita's cringe new catchphrase? Follow the Lita. <laughs> follow the leader. Guess they heard that new corn album. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, that's follow the leader, isn't it? Yeah. Leader says she doesn't trust Trish Stratus, and she says, "I want you to see this." And then she kisses Matt Hardy. Okay. Yeah. So wait, they're trying to basically play off their old feud, and they're like, "Oh, Trish is interested in Jeff, therefore, you know, there's a problem." So Leader's going to be upset. They're just trying to play tension, I think, with the two of them because they're going to be teaming up, you see, yeah. an invasion. But yeah, I mean, how does it make sense though? Lita kissing Matt's gonna get Lita riled up when she's not interested in Matt; she's interested in Jeff. Genuinely, I think they're unable to create tension between two female characters mm. at this point without including boyfriends. <laughs> That's the only way they can do it. Like. Shane McMahon starts hyping up Booker T. He says, we're in Atlanta. We're in WCW. You are their champion. So Booker T, I think by association, is meant to be heel now, is he? Yes. But he's done nothing heelish. No, he's just part of WCW. Part of the brilliant plan, I guess. Vince then is doing his full-on open him up hype speech to Kurt Angle. You have to win, Kurt. You have to. They remind Kurt, what did he do in Atlanta in 96? He won the gold medal in Atlanta! Mm-hmm. And Kurt is like, I'm not going to take any shit from WCW. I won a medal for my country. Straight away, everyone is chatting USA. Yeah. Kurt works. He'll, yeah. he'll, he'll to face. He's complete face now in my book. That's yeah. it right there. I'm He's probably. arrived. He, he also rejects their help because where were you yeah. in 96? Mm-hmm. Bam! Love well, it. I didn't need you then. I don't need you now. Much No respect to you guys, but doing this oh man that's so fucking brilliant WCW championship on the line not featured here tonight Scott Hudson and Arn Anderson hey guys we gave you a special match to ruin over here in this little closet just sit in here there you go watch that there you go is that Nick Patrick I spy it is oh dear (laughs) not a fan of Nick Patrick no (laughs) what do you remember about old Nick Nick just he's not a good ref yeah. Really, like just what I remember from him, he's just just a piss poor rep. He's the no star t- cage was yeah. the uh, the big thing where he didn't the, the three count. Yeah. He was meant to do a fast count and he didn't. And mm. then he said he couldn't remember. And yeah. then he did a podcast where he said he does remember and yeah. then he forgot again. There's <laughs> <laughs> no Tim White. Riveting like big booze for Booker T when he comes out. Mm-hmm. I honestly I'm so confused with this. They need to have a line where he shook hands with Booker T or something because, like, are they? Is he? Is he in on the beatdown that happened on SmackDown? Him and Shane took one for the team. Is that what we're saying now? I think you're working on a different level to the <sighs> WWE. Clearly, I genuinely, I didn't have these kind of questions going through my head. I was just 
okay, we've decided, we've settled now, WCW are bad guys. They're definitely bad guys. That's the way it's going. Therefore, Booker T's got to be a bad guy. It's just that, Simple like... Simple as that. All the shit they've done to put Booker over is this fucking hero. Yeah. Like, that thing where all the, the acolytes are like, yeah, you're all right, like... Yeah, doesn't add up. Literally fucking a day later, and here he is being booed. But he works a total heel in this match. Mm-hmm. He blindsides Kurt Angle. It's ridiculous. Like, he goes straight after him like he's a total heel. So, there you go, Booker T... Is a bad guy now, I guess. JR hypes up Invasion. He says it's a once in a lifetime, never before. We've all talked about what would happen. You know, he's selling it like you would expect. And the reality of the situation is, is that they could have fucking two chickens fighting in the ring at the moment and people would still buy this pay-per-view. Solely because WCW and WWF. It's historic. What? Yeah. I'm not even going to watch the TV and assume that Hulk Hogan's going to be there. <laughs> we get our actual grunt of the night in this match. Hey right at the start there where Booker is being a nasty, vicious heel. 44 minutes, 20 seconds. He's stomping on Kurt Angle going, God! Who's got the first step on Kurt Angle here? And Angle now with an opportunity that no one would have dreamed of. Da! 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 This whole match, Booker T is straight in the Grunt Hall of Fame. Like, non-stop grunts here. Da it is! <laughs> Kurt Angle gains control after Shane McMahon interferes and that crook Nick Patrick does nothing to stop him. So that's the big thing we're working off of now is the fact that the WCW guys now have crooked officiating. Yes. Mm. And chief among those crooks is Nick Patrick. So I do like that because Nick Patrick played the crooked referee for NWO. Mm-hmm. And that's actually one of the few consistent things yeah. from WCW that's managed to come over here. JR is doing a really good job at making this seem historic. It's been nine years since I've called a WCW title bout. Ooh, that's, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's making it seem like it's a fucking real thing. They turn up the speed here a little bit. Kurt Angle resting as a face. I think this, when I was a kid, I realized how good Kurt was when I saw him wrestle as a face. When he's so quick and snappy yeah. with his comebacks and stuff. Heyman says that Booker T is fighting for all of WCW. Whatever the hell that means. Six men. <laughs> and one woman. And one woman. Yeah. Oh no, what am I talking about? Two women. Tori I says. forgot to talk about Tori and her seduction of Vince McMahon. You know when uh, that whole stuff was happening with Booker T and Buff Bagwell? Concurrently, another thread throughout the night was that Tori Wilson showed up and said that her WCW contract was expired and she wanted to sign with Vince McMahon because he's Mr. Mac Daddy and he's so sexy and what a handsome, virile son of a bitch. Mm. Let's go have sex in the laundry room. And then Vince McMahon goes into the laundry room and he takes off his shirt and his pants and uh, then Tori tells him to close his eyes and when he opens them up and Vince is going, <laughs> you want to get a little bit of Mr. McMack Daddy? And then there's Linda stood in front of him. Uh, Tori pulled a trick on him. And after the title match is over, as in Booker T and Buff Bagwell are finished off, you've got Vince McMahon in his underpants, his trousers around his ankles, wiggling around, falling into some boxes, going, Linda, no, it's not what it looks like. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous! <laughs> I, I was hoping like you were gonna say he opens his eyes and then there's like Taz just blowing a little kiss at him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if there was any point for them to declare that the invasion was on again and the battle lines were drawn, that would have been it. Like Vince McMahon in his underpants. No! Oh, the battle lines have been drawn. What the hell is going on? Booker T keeps cutting off Kurt Angle's comeback. Like this is a really great match these two have. Yeah. It really, really works well. Angle Slam gets reversed. Booker T hits the scissors kick and we get the spinner for the first time on the podcast. 
Which, when you think about it, is a total heel move because he hits his finisher and he does this dance instead, instead of pinning him. Yeah. yeah, fucking dickhead. Kurt Angle gets up before Booker T does, like, because Booker T has to like sell the spinneroony, I guess. Ankelot <laughs> <laughs> gets looked in. Nick looks elsewhere as Booker T taps like a madman. Mm. So it's he just, just like just as he sees his hand come down, just goes, "I'm gonna go over here." Yeah. it's so like it's so well done and so blatant. Yeah, he's very hateable, Nick Patrick. Like, very hateable indeed. The Olympic Slam. Earl Hebner runs out as quick as he can. Hero. Fucking hell! I love it. Hebner got a pop. Of course he did. He gave them all ten percent off their (laughs) t-shirts. He's He's gonna bottle that sound and sell it. Two thousand one pop. So Earl Hebner comes in to make the count, and before he can make the three, Nick Patrick pulls him out and screams like, "I'm the referee! How dare you!" Fucking Hebner gores Nick Patrick. Yeah. Beats the everlasting shit out of him. Okay, these two, they're hyping up a match for them at Invasion after oh, this. Really? Yeah. Really? I just, yeah. Wow. So, Jeez. I mean, this is one of the hottest things on the fucking show. Who's <laughs> Tim White? Uh, Tim, Tim White. White. He's injured at the moment, as far as is I know. Yeah. Oh. Damn it. You need Tim White there for a fight. Yeah, I'll tell you, Tim White was at the friendly tap, though. Uh, he did. He, yeah. yeah he, he, he's somehow the owner of this pub the friendly tap he actually owns oh. it you know any time the acolytes would come in and do like the bar beat downs and stuff like that all the ones he did in 99 the start of 2000 those were all in the friendly tap oh. so it's kind of like it's his his side business I no guess or whatever. so that's pretty cool Booker T gets the belt smashes angle in the face another WCW referee Charles Robinson appears Fa- it's, it's not a fast count but it's too slightly quick too yeah. Fast, yeah. It's, it's slightly not fair and the referees seem to be stripping each other on the outside of the ring as Booker T celebrates his win. So, yeah, I thought that was... Like, if you're going to turn them all heel, that's the way to do it, like. Yeah, there you go. That's it established. The refs are in on it, Shane's in on it, everyone's in on it. WCW is bad. Yeah, It's just a shame that this is... Like, if we had two more weeks of TV... Mm. Like, because it's just so much has happened. We're not... Yeah. This, that That's the main event, you'd think. Uh-uh. No, no not still, even close. Still two swerves to go, folks. Yeah. What, what I liked as well about this is even Heyman on colour can't defend what WCW yeah, has yeah. done. Like, there's no... Like, he, he says, I can't... I can't say anything, like... It was so on the nose. It's so... <laughs> Blatant, like, yeah. Uh, we get a really bad line from JR, though, straight afterwards. Booker T was helped to win by his owner, Shane McMahon. What?! Let's not have the big black dude be owned by the little white guy, can we? Like, that's a bit of a bad way of putting it. Well, WCW did it worse when they had uh, fucking Tennessee Lee bring him and his brother out in chains. chains yeah. Like, that's how they debuted Harlem Heat, like. Booker T had a fucking miserable go of it with race. <laughs> like, he was always the fucking one that right, had this. He was I in like, WCW, what do you fucking expect? I, I watched I his, table, uh, his table for free mm. on the network, and apparently his brother had it a whole lot worse. Oh, because really? he was on commentary at one point, Stevie, mm. and I heard that he got loads of shit. Like, fuck's oh, sake, fucking awful. I love that even though Kurt is totally turned face, he is still Kurt backstage. Where were you? <laughs> he said, like, "Didn't need us. I didn't mean it." <laughs> what about Atlanta? That was five years ago. <laughs> I got my head knocked off. Not all the way, face. Not yet. But like. Austin's like, "Well, that means I should be leader." Like, I just <laughs> love that little fucking wrinkle in there. That was absolute gold. Now, you'd think that's the end of the Raw, surely. That's kind of where you draw the line. Oh, we've got some ways to go yet. It's fucking crazy where we're going from here. Scott Hudson, still employed, with Stacey Keebler and Tori Wilson. 
Tori says, Vince McMahon is a gross old man. And Stacey Kiebert makes the very, very uh, well-renowned statement, we're hotter than them, so we're gonna win. Wow. <laughs> she says, we are, the WCW girls are way more attractive. We have way better bodies. Oh, and we're more athletic. There's also that. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget that one. But we're only athletic because we're hot, like. <laughs> don't, don't fucking forget that, like. What a stupid way to, I mean, like, the problem there is that WCW didn't have, like, women's wrestling. No. You know, what they had was, like, Stacey Keebler taking wedding dresses off various people yeah. and falling into cake, mud, and or insert fluid here. So, yeah, I mean, Stacey and Tori never went on to become, like, great wrestlers or anything. Like, they were good characters in their own right, I guess. But it feels it's sad because it's like China's gone, obviously, mm-hmm. and she's taken the Women's Championship with her. And on the roster, you've got... Before the invasion, your roster, you've got Ivory, Jacqueline, Lita, Trish, who's starting to learn how to wrestle, and Molly. That's a fucking good roster there. where you Wrestlers. Could, wrestlers. You yeah. can really get some good programs out of. And now we're bringing in Stacey and Tori. And if there was anything of a lull of the, you know, brawn panties, mud, cake, fuck, these two wrestle an eggnog at one point. Ugh. Seriously, Stacey Kieber in her career, she's wrestled an eggnog, mud... Gravy, fucking a different type of mud. <laughs> she, it's just like yeah, they've been brought in. It's like let's just lower the bar a few times down here now. Like, I, it's such a barefaced lie for these two to say they're better athletes <laughs> than Trish and Lita. But the thing especially is, especially Lita, like mm. like such like a burial Lita. They're trying to do the same thing they did when Trish feuded with Lita at the start, which is Lita's like, look, I'm a proper wrestler, and you just want to do this fucking shit. I'll mm. beat you at it anyway. And they're trying to do the same thing, but the reality is they're trying to have their cake and eat it. Even if you have Trish and Lita be like, well, we don't want to stoop to this level, but we will stoop to this level. Also, you'll see our boobs and theirs. Yes. It's, yeah, they're not empowering anyone with this fucking no. shit. APA with the Dudley boys backstage. They are totally apologetic about Spike coming out. They say, look, Smackdown, rematch is yours, beers are on us. And Bubba goes, ask us again later. Oh, foreshadowing again! Fucking awesome writing. I like the, that. the acolytes, like no one is straight up good or evil. Like they won, but they recognise the fact that it was kind of a screwy finish. Yeah, they want to make it up to the Dudleys. They want to take them out for beers after the show tonight. Like, is it ever been a time in wrestling where there's been this much good writing concurrently alongside bad it's writing? It's bizarre, isn't it? It is it's really weird. I think it's. Excellent writing with horrible booking. Yeah, yeah. Like I think the writers so. are making the absolute best of what. Or they're the given. performers themselves are yeah. good at pulling off the stuff. It's just that the whoever's steering the ship mm. or lack thereof, I guess, because there's no point. clear vision of what's going on. And that just goes to show you, you can have the best roster in the world with the best writers in the world. You can be firing on all cylinders, but if you don't know where you're going or what the end game is, because they don't even know if there's going to be a. WCW TV show. I guess yeah. they've given up on that now that they're all healed. But yeah, weird, weird fucking episode of Raw so far. Coming up next, dream match time, baby. Even though it's not what was originally advertised, it's going to be Kane taking on Lance Storm and Mike Awesome, who come out to objective silence. Yeah, there's no other way you can interpret that. They're hot all night long for everyone except these lads, the WCW people. Now, think about it. Has Mike Austin or Lance Storm had a microphone at any point? Do they know what they're about? Who they are? 
No. <laughs> Just more WCW mercs, basically. We know that Mike Awesome wants to have the word awesome written on his trousers in two different uh, directions. So you know he's awesome from whichever way you look at him. But that doesn't make me want to boo you, necessarily. Uh-huh. It makes me want to ask you questions about trousers. <laughs> Lance Storm, I think I'm going to call it right now, even though we're only one episode with him in... He is going to be like the own heart slash Xbox slash Scotty Too Hotty slash why this guy was amazing and should get way more love. Mm -hmm. I know Lance Storm is an old fucking curmudgeon, but man, that boy can wrestle. YGJ comes out. He says he's WWF through and through. So instead of Undertaker versus Lance Storm Mike Awesome, we're getting Kane and Chris Jericho versus Lance Storm Mike Awesome. Is Undertaker... Like, a Chris Jericho better than Kane? Like, what's the... <laughs> don't just that. Jericho, I guess, is just trying to uh, justify being on Team WWF now, I that's guess. That's what it is, yeah. JR announces that the 24-7 rule is suspended as long as Mike Awesome has the belt. Heyman says that Mike Awesome is no stranger to title controversy. Give him two seconds on the mic to say, I took a belt before and I've done it again. No, you're not allowed to do that. YTJ's got serious DX pants on. Legit. Literally DX. What's going on? It's green X's. Yeah. Do you not think someone would have double-checked that first? Well, I guess, I mean, who have we got from DX hanging around at the moment? Triple H is injured. Road Dog uh, probably thinks he's still employed, but isn't. <laughs> the one Billy Gunn. Who doesn't look like Billy Gunn anymore. Now, beige and black is his colours now. Yeah. And the X-Buck, who is silver and purple. Mm. So, I guess the green X's are there for the taking. Fucking hell. There is so much to work with here, given these guys have got, like, history. Like, YTJ and Lance Storm, they trained together. They were mm. the thrill seekers. Heyman mentions it on commentary, but the crowd don't know that. No. And people at home aren't going to remember that. I feel like you could have made this work so much yeah. more with a little bit of work. YTJ and Kane, even. Yeah. Those two, they've got history. Fucking A, yeah. How weird is it to see those two teaming up? Never seen them on the same page. They don't really big that up like they no. should. JR and Heyman both say straight away that Storm is WCW's best athlete. Like, he's like probably their best wrestler that they've got. Okay. Which is saying a lot, really, mm. seeing as they're not giving putting these guys over at all. Fair fucks to the crowd who start to get into this, even though they didn't react to them coming out. But they start reacting to the moves, and Storm and Awesome work so well with Jericho and Kane. Mm. They really get a great match out of them while it's going. I kind of feel they're not going to get WCW over, though, through having good matches. Mm-hmm. Storm reverses the Lion Salt. Awesome throws Y2J around. You look at Mike Awesome, the fucking size of him. He can cut a promo and does big power moves. How did he not get over with Vince McMahon? WCW guy. I guess. Yeah. Fucking hell. Jim Ross, as Jericho, is being tossed around by Awesome. Y2J is being battered. Battered and fried. Here in South Atlanta. Now that's what happens when Jim Ross starts a sentence. Less hungry than he ends it. (laughs) South Atlanta honey sauce glazed on the... We're watching wrestling still, folks? (laughs) Pillowy mounds of mashed potatoes. (laughs) Tiny onions. (laughs) Got a hot tag to Kane. These two clear house together. We get the walls of Jericho and a choke Sam. But who jumps the ring? The security guard doesn't know because they're wearing t-shirts and jeans. He stands up on the ring apron and then goes, oh, and stands down straight away. It's Gronk all over again. <laughs> Rob Van Dam and Tommy Dreamer have jumped the barricade and they beat the shit out of Y2J and Kane with Storm and Awesome together. So all WWF guys run out, they're going to teach these bad boys a lesson. But they're not just WWF guys, they just so happen to be 
people from ECW beforehand. Oh! Because it's like if you know ECW at all, straight away you know what's going on. But JR is too fucking dumb to realise that JR signed all these lads, so he thinks, oh sure, they they love it here. And JR with the lamest line, the invasion. Yeah! The ring is full of WWF spirits. Pom poms. Bless him. Heyman here is just gold. Oh, again, because before it's even happened, like you can tell something's going on, yeah. and Heyman's just there going, Remember this, JR. Feel this moment for the rest of your life. Oh my god, this is great. Goosebumps. Oh, I love this is one of my favourite segments in wrestling ever. I love it. Where they all turn around then, you realise that all those WWF guys, the second you realise those WWF guys are actually ECW guys, the fucking arena explodes, like it's fucking fantastic. I didn't know this happened. Really? No. I did not know that ECW were involved in an invasion. 
That just shows all? you how fucking good they have been at yeah. like not talking about this angle mm. at all. I did not know at all. Oh man, what was that like then? Um, like, did you figure out when they all ran out their ECW? Yeah, as soon as yeah, as soon as like RVD and and Dreamer came out, I was like, okay, ECW get involved. Okay. Here's literally every ECW yeah. guy they've got aside from Spike Dudley. Bring out every wrestler on the roster who's got a shirt and or jeans. Yeah. <laughs> and then I immediately, like, my immediate thought is, well, they're with WCW. Ah. That's going to be what it is. So everything we're trying to say is they're not with WCW. It's a third party was like, I was that's bullshit. Mm. Also, straight away, you didn't think that Heyman was was leading no, this role. No, group. absolutely not. So that's why I didn't like this episode so much because, like, I kind of just saw through it straight yeah. away. Yeah. So all the stuff between Vince and Shane that we get, I was just like, no, oh, no, I know where this is going, and I, I, I predicted exactly where it was. But going. You're, you're totally right because this is this is the exact moment my brother stopped watching wrestling with me. I remember talking about my cousin stopped watching wrestling with me. My brother used to watch wrestling with me all the time. He was a big ECW fan in that, you know, him and his friends used to get the old ECW tapes and they would watch that. Because, you know, they thought WWF was a little bit tame and timid, but ECW was where it was at and they always loved it and they would always try and watch it on Bravo or whatever. When this happened, like my brother, I never saw him so into something. Because Heyman comes in and he cuts this fucking killer promo. It's great. Oh my god, it's so good this promo. And he's talking about like, oh, everyone seems to have forgotten about the tribe of extreme. And he says, We'll take on the WWF, we'll take on WCW. We're not hard to find. They leave through the fucking crowd. Oh, it's so good. Like and everyone's there laughing their head off for fucking like he's talking about how these guys have left WCW, these guys have left WWF, and we're fucking ECW. And if you like ECW and you're a fan, the one thing about it was that it was anti-authority, rebel group. And WWF versus WCW, that's fun. But WWF versus WCW. And there's this wild card group who are going to show up through the crowd at any moment and beat people down. Maybe both sides try to court them. You know, that would really work. They don't have to be there every week. Mm. Alas, this thing doesn't last very, very long. Like five minutes. <laughs> it's funny because it's like this moment here is like, I think when my brother liked wrestling the most. And within 15 minutes, he was like, I don't think I want to watch wrestling anymore. Damn. That shows you how good, bad the writing is on this yeah. show. It's like, let's give you the great moments and spoil them immediately mm. afterwards. Do you like how the Dudley boys held open the ropes for Heyman? Yes. Mm. Oh, and it's so, it all makes sense because Heyman's always big enough ECW mm-hmm. on commentary. And there was a mole, you see, all this time. The reason why Shane and all the guys kept getting in, and like, you know, say in the garden, for instance, how. You know, Shane was able to get the jump on Vince with Booker T and Austin were in WWF New York. It's all because of Heyman. They did a thing on SmackDown where the Acolytes thought the mole was Test because he was Shane's buddy. And they beat him up. And it turns out, no, it wasn't Test. It was was Heyman all along. So Heyman was the mole. Fucking brilliant. I also like as well when he goes, For six months, I have sat next to that damn pig. Huge heat for saying that. And when Jay cut to Jr., I don't want to say he looks like a pig, but he's fucking seriously like you, motherfucker. You know I hate being called a pig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the ECW music plays as well. That mm, you didn't like that. I, I love the music, but it, again, like DDP, yeah, the music sounds not Well, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, Heyman could have had it all. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I do like it. Yeah, okay, Heyman could have had it that all works. arranged. Yeah, that works. I like as well. Just incredible. Immediately goes over and poses beside Lance Storm and does the big pose because they used to see the Impact players together. Right. And then she's like, "Please put us in a tag team together. Please, 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 please." If I pose right beside him, we'll see how symmetrical and good it looks. I thought it was more like well, maybe if I get an ECW belt, then. 
Albert and X-Pac will like me again. Funny fact, you know, we have WCW belts all through the invasion. We've already talked about the tag belts, the world belt, the US belts. There are no ECW belts in the invasion. And that is because they owned the name of ECW, but they didn't own the assets yet. Because bankruptcy courts, the way it worked, they couldn't get them until 2003. Oh. So they didn't own the ECW tape library or the belts or the ring mats or any of that. They just owned ECW as a name. So there you go. Interesting stuff there. Do you think it would have been better if the Dudleys hadn't lost the belt? I if know, the Dudleys turned and they had the belt, so at least you can hold that. I think the reason is, is that ECW here, I thought they were trying to put out, these are all the misfits, like ECW always was. These are the guys who have been held back, like just incredible. He's there because he's you know been made fun of. Taz, he's been held back. Dudley boys fucking lose their belts in a shitty manner like that. It's all guys who, for one reason or another, have got grudges or axes to grind. But I guess you're right, though. Them having the belts there would have made for a stronger moment mm. but maybe they want they thought they needed motivation to leave WBF that being said though this is how you do an invasion oh hell yeah absolutely like, why did not they not do this with those WCW the like the exact same thing well they planned to at Wrestlemania 17 Cows, yeah. they were gonna but like you can't not you can't have an invasion without something like this or like as much as it didn't pan out about the Nexus. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, I, I said it last time. The Nexus is a perfect opening to an. Invasion. You need to have yeah. a big shot at the start. Yeah. yeah, and it's not Vince McMahon getting one move. It's a group of guys destroying Destroyed. everything. Yeah. It's like twelve on two. It's fucking great. Jr. is all on his own. Some then afterwards, and he's mm-hmm. like, "How long has he been planning this?" He calls Paul Heyman the man who drove ECW out of business, and he's going to do it again. I love that. Like, it's just fucking brilliant. Backstage? Oh no, we've got lots of plot holes to quickly tie up and try and make this... There's only fucking 15 minutes left on this show! You'd really think the image of Paul Heyman being like, and now the invasion's getting taken to the extreme. Little title card, fade to black. You'd think that'd be the end, but no, no. there is an epilogue to this episode. Alas, not. Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon meet backstage. Alright, I got total Spider-Man 3 vibes from this. You know, randomly at the end when Venom and Sandman is like, Hey, you! You don't like Heyman either, do you? Yeah, okay. So Shane McMahon decides to grow really big and Vince holds up Heyman and all the ECW guys in his webbing up on a, a skyscraper structure. No, JK. They just decide they're going to get five of their boys each to take on the ten ECW boys. So it's changed again. Like, Vince and Shane are talking, like... Well, no, yeah, but they, they do say it's like a one-night-only ceasefire. And it's, then an invasion will have a match. Like. It's basically, let's kill ECW before it even has chance to grow. Yeah. And then once they're done, we can go back to our little feud. So I, I think it makes sense. It's fucking busy, though. Very busy. Coming up next... Oh, a man who made his return on SmackDown in MSG. Scotty Too Hotty. Challenging Xbox for that light heavyweight championship... Not so bad. Why? <laughs> Why? There's more pressing matters at hand. For the we listeners. just fucking get on with it. What the <laughs> fuck's this? That is the angriest I've ever seen your face. <laughs> About Scotty versus X. Why? Why are we having this match? We do not need it. Get on with it. Billy, right, okay? If we don't have this light heavyweight championship match, then the invaders win. They can't know that they're getting to our way of WWF life. Where's your WWF spirits? <laughs> I actually quite like this match. I, I thought it was a nice just, little addition It to just the... annoyed me the whole thing. It's like, yeah, I'm happy that Scotty's back. I like Scotty. The, the invasion is happening. 
Seriously, like, at least have them look have over some the shoulder. Something like, or at least have this match interrupted halfway yeah, yeah, through, yeah. and then it turn into mm. the last segment. Yeah, I think don't you're just right. have a full fucking match and then go home, and then just have another bit. Have cut to backstage, ECW calls and chaos. Something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right though. It's a bit weird just to be like, oh my god, it's all changed forever. Land heavyweight championship action on the line here and now. JR has to call this match on his own. He spends most of it speculating about Heyman and what his role in all this is. I love these two wrestling. These two could wrestle forever. Like, it's really fast, great stuff. X-Bot goes for the Bronco Buster. He misses it. And Scotty mounts his comeback. He goes for the worm. He doesn't hit it, but did you hear that fucking reaction? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That and the was up from the Dudley Boys. Like, have got everyone on their feet in this arena. Like, fucking 30,000 people stood up, like, because it's moved. It's well, great. I remember when he came back how exciting it was because Scotty was one of those guys that when he was gone, I really felt him being gone. Like, yeah. he had his ankle horribly broken by Kurt Angle. Yeah, yeah. It was really scary and horrible. So I think everyone's just delighted to have him back. Scotty Duarte, man, he's someone who should have been way more over and gotten... Mm. When I say way more, he was way more over. Just should have gotten more out of his career than he did. Yeah. I guess he was there for so long, that's the victory in of itself. Mm, but yeah. I always thought he could have done more. Sunset flip, Xbox grabs the ropes. He wins. Scotty Duarte pulls a silly face. He looks like he's bet his life savings on this match or something. Like He is like... Oh God! I couldn't have lost. No, like, the referee's like ECW's invaded. What? <laughs> <laughs> Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon rally the WCW and WWF guys. Oh. Coalition of chaos, right here. Seriously, fucking hell! Total coalition of chaos. We've seen things here tonight that we thought we'd never see ever. I mean, let's face it. We've got a an ECW invasion, and it threatens all of you, and it threatens all of us as well. So I never thought I would see the day when a WCW team would team up with a WWF team, but by God, that's what we've got. We've got to put an end to this ECW crap, and we'll do it tonight as long as all of you take direction and follow my guys. Well, that's exactly what we're messing up here, okay? Okay, you guys, okay, in order for this to work, we'll follow my guys, okay? No this will work out. No. Just chill not. out, okay? Everyone just chill out for a second. We have, we're in the house of McMahon, you understand well, that? Wait a minute, wait. There can only be one leader of both That's teams. fine, then I will personally lead. I will personally lead the charge down there. So therefore, it's settled. You guys whoa, 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 whoa. my guys. You're going to personally lead this? Yes. Then you're going to be personally held responsible. That's fine. Remember, this is one match only. After this, all bets are off. Once we yeah. take ECW out, all bets are off. And, and then, then we then go to invasion. And then we you go back home. Right. That's right. And then we can really find out. That'll be beautiful. Yeah, you yeah. got that right. Let's go, fellas. Let's go. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, guys. Don't listen to a damn word Shane McMahon says. You do what you want to do, all right? We're going to do what we want to do. Go get it. Yeah! So they argue as mild Goldberg chants gather steam in the background. <laughs> These here tonight, lads. Yeah, clearly. Fucking Chuck Palumbo, Sean mm. O'Hare, and Bill Goldberg. <laughs> Vince McMahon is like, right, they all got to follow my guys. He's got some great guys. He's got Big Show, Big Shot, Billy Gunn. Acolytes. Ah. Those are some guys he's got there. Not a good team, though. Why wouldn't you pick your Austin or your Kurt? Well, they're Angle still injured, or... aren't they? I guess. Oh, I guess. And yeah, Kurt's already point. wrestled. Fair point. Keep that fucking card resting that match after fucking King of the Ring. Mm. You'd give him a month off, you'd think. Jesus yeah. Christ. 
So it's going to be 10 on 10. Vince is like, yeah, all right, cool. We'll listen to your WCW guys. And they walk off. And then Vince is like, don't listen to them WCW guys. I hate WCW. <laughs> so, so like the WCW team like shows how like when complete nobodies. I mean, could you name who's on the team? Well, it's Palumbo, Canyon, Stasiak, O'Hare, and Jindrak. Yeah. Like fucking nobodies. Yeah. Like they've they've really fucked up not being able to get household names. No one's gonna care. They're not a credible threat. Well, like some mm. they did some things which I thought were gonna get people over. Like O'Hare, for instance, he was getting over a little bit solely because when he came out and did his run-in, he did a fucking Swanton bomb and he did an F5. Mm-hmm. So you got this big guy. I remember like all my brother's mates thought Sean O'Hare was the fucking shit because he was this big, angry dude who could basically be a crater wrestler doing his fucking high-flying power moves at the same time. Yeah. So, but again, it's a question of that's one week and he got beat up afterwards. These guys are not established at all. Like, they don't even remember who me is. Yeah, and if they do, he's not a credible threat. <laughs> he's hoping that they don't remember who he is. Adam is his manslave. Yeah. yeah. I'll <laughs> take Adam Inishy and neck on my tights. He's, he's going to beat APA. Fucking hell. I don't think it's down to not having those stars, though. I think it's just not using the stars you have got well. Like, imagine if, like you said, WrestleMania 17, Shane's whole big thing is about the young blood of the WCW. They all come out. They do a Nexus angle. No one cared about the Nexus until they did that thing. But then all of a sudden, you've got these guys that are like, wow, all of them are a threat. It's just the way they use these stars that made them look like jokes. It's it's time and pacing. Another month, and I think, if they slowed it fucking down and figured it out. But they were... They had booked that show, they were going for it, and they had four weeks, and this is what they went with. 10 on 10 Madness. WCW and WWF taking on ECW and WCW. Lillian doesn't know any of the WCW guys' names. And here comes WCR She's not going to though, is she? Like... They write it down for her. <laughs> They're walking in and she goes, and representing WCW, Shuck Hair. <laughs> Shuck Hair. Who's he? <laughs> Shuck Palumbo. And... Shucking some hairy clams, like. Palumbo <laughs> and O'Hare tried to fuse and were imperfect. They're like, Shuck Hair. Like. And then she just stops. She just gives up, like, doesn't even stew into the mic properly. <laughs> So, WCW and WF immediately start brawling. Yes. And two, honestly, indifference at this point. Yes. Like, they're not getting the pop. I mean, but you're not going to. The crowd has blown their load already. They've just fucking had the big ECW reveal. It's often been said about Vince McMahon is booking philosophy. If he was to book a porno, he would just put a dick and have it come for fucking two <laughs> hours. That's his idea of, of storytelling, like. And that's what he's trying to do. It's just big moment, big moment, big moment. Yeah. Big, it's fucking flaccid at this point. No one's going to react to any of your fucking comings and goings. ECW come out through the crowd and they all have their shirts on. I think that's really fucking yeah. cool. Like, they get over, like, the cold vibe. Like, that Heyman has, like, led these men down a wrong path or something like that. And when he's coming out, Jim Ross goes, well, here comes ECW. This ain't no bad god bingo hall, let me tell you that. <laughs> Just cheeky little burial. Like. Yeah. <laughs> ECW clears the ring and then the WCW guys join in. Because... 
and they just do. And they beat up all of the WF guys. It's fucking 15 on 5. Shane McMahon says, woo lots. Vince McMahon appears. He looks distraught. Shane says that he couldn't compete with his checkbook, but he could compete with his brain. And that is why he has merged WCW and ECW together to form an as yet unnamed group. It will become the Alliance. And oh yeah, the new owner of ECW, in case you thought the guy had given real passionate promos who it made sense for, and not him. The new owner of ECW, I believe you know this person quite well. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Vince's daughter, Stephanie McMahon Helsley. The new owner of WCW. E-C-Dub, E-C-Dub, E-C-Dub. So what is like Heyman now? Is he like a Bannerman? Kinda. (sighs) They go on to explain it, that Heyman is the one who convinced the two of them to do this. That he is like... The puppet master. Well, it's not yeah. even the puppet master, is it? It's he's like Varys in Game of Thrones, and then he's whispering in their ears, basically, kind of saying, you guys should do this. And they're implying that, they often say, that, oh, Heyman, he turned Vince McMahon's children against them. Like, so Heyman's the real villain of the piece. But in terms of an actual title or role, he has none. Yeah. Other than he becomes the Alliance's colour commentator. So they get to have a commentator on the show as well. But Heyman's essentially in the exact same position he was in at the start of this episode. You get a couple of weeks of him cutting promos with them. Like on Smackdown after this, he's in the ring with them. And it's the three of them acting that the three of them are doing it together. And then it becomes Heyman's on commentary. Acting like he's in that role. But it's Shane and Stephanie. It's not about the McMahons, mate. Yeah, exactly. And if you want to think about a way to turn even more people off the product. One... Do that fucking ECW double switch. Because, I mean, can you imagine if you're someone who like was a tape trader back in the day and viewed ECW as being this very special, very cool thing? The last thing you want to associate with that is fucking Stephanie. Mm. Like, yes, she's a heel, but those are worlds apart. It's like fucking, I don't know. It's like having Lex Luger and the Horseman. Oh, wait, they did that. But even still... <laughs> I think it's like how you said last week they should have swapped Shane and Stephanie around. Yeah! Yeah! Because you can probably take Shane being involved with ECW. Because Shane actually liked ECW. Mm-hmm. He used to go to, he used to always watch their shows and was a big proponent of it, apparently. Yeah, but swap them around. <sighs> Steph with WCW, Shane with ECW. I think it's a lot more believable and I think it would have worked a yeah. lot better. But they get a reaction for it. And that's always the defense that WWF had. When people complained about McMahonomania here, and we were sick of it at WrestleMania 2000, here we are a year and a half later, and it's going to be Vince McMahon against his two children. That's the focus. Even though Shane said it's not going to be about... It is going to be all about McMahons. Now, I don't mind McMahon stuff. It can be often no, be very entertaining. And the reality of the fact is this. Out of everyone involved in this invasion, everyone knew who's come in on that alliance side, the two most over people, or the people who get the most reactions, are Shane and Stephanie. Mm-hmm. They ain't booing Vlance Storm or Mike Awesome or even DDP that much by comparison. It's fucking weird. What a, stra- what a strange episode of Raw, which ends as well with the strangest fucking line of commentary ever. July 7th, a day that we're living in for me. May God have mercy on our WWF souls. All right, lads. (laughs) (laughs) 
I've got WWF spirit and a WWF soul. <laughs> what did you guys think of this very um, unique episode of Monday Night Raw? Adam, going back and watching this. That was maybe my favourite episode of Raw ever. Really? Honest, I was actually quite gobsmacked sitting down and talking with you guys that you had, like, and you've all got very, very valid points. Everything you take yeah, issue yeah. with absolutely makes sense. I won't disagree with anything. But I watched this episode with someone that doesn't typically watch old style wrestling. They only know modern day stuff. And just being able to see it through another fan's perspective and mm. be like, okay, so it is a big catastrophic event, whether you think it is the worst angle ever or not. There's no denying they've made it seem like it's a big like world ending thing yeah. to happen. And it's just, it's mad. Like you literally can't tell what's up and what's down. That might be to the detriment of the show. Mm. But I think for this episode of Raw, it is literally like the wheels are falling off the car and it's fucking incredible. Like, I think the reason why Lisa Sarah taste so much with so people is that all the things that they're doing storyline-wise with WCW and ECW, if you're remotely a hardcore fan and have any knowledge of those companies, it's infuriating. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's not why, it's just wrong. It's, it's done wrong. Like if someone has written a character wrong in a show or a movie, like, you know, you've done it wrong. And what's annoying is, is that all the other people who might have enjoyed it and not cared have stopped watching. Yeah. So you're left with a more hardcore fan base and giving them something that is less appealing to them and more appealing to the people who are probably fucking off. But that kind of thinking has been drilled into everyone's heads for the last few years. Like, I've spent so long just thinking, like, oh, the fucking invasion. Ugh, yeah. The worst. Literally the worst thing ever. And now looking back with, like, the lowest expectations possible... There was so much good in that episode. Oh, yeah. Of Raw. Uh, so, so much. Because, Billy, you and I did a 99 Raw, two 99 Raws. We did one at the start and the end of the year. And that's peak attitude era with fucking Russo involved in the first one. And that was the Raw where Mankind won the belt and the Raw with Tess and Stephanie's mm -hmm. wedding. I will say I enjoyed this episode and the last episode we did more than either of those. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so too. They are better shows. Yeah. I think it's the fact that. They're not, they could be even better still, I guess. Oh, they could be miles better. But if you can turn off that part of your brain where it's like, it doesn't make sense for WCW, just literally like, if you can just watch it as a show, mm. I think it's so watchable and it's like one of the best hour and a half on the network. Billy, what did you think? Well, I, there's not a whole lot more I can add to what I've said already. It's, it, it's, it's a good episode of Raw. My issue is the, this, this, the storytelling, how many how many times do we need the same swerve of Shane is good, no he's not? <laughs> we had it three, four times tonight? Yeah, like, four swerves. Yeah. You don't need it. You need. You can have one big one. You can have one big swerve, Vince, where you can do all of this stuff in five minutes and it's sorted. We don't need to keep bouncing back and in between. Like, I, I think that I'm, I'm all for ECW and WCW being together because I haven't got the uh, any sort of nostalgia for either company, so I'm just I'm taking yeah, face yeah. value. They they can work together. I don't give a shit. But doing it in such a way where this is the the biggest thing technically. But if, if you're looking at it, ECW and WCW joining forces against the WWF is a, such a monumental moment. But to just sort of waste it. And not have it like just have a bit. Oh, we were working together all along. You, I would, I don't know. I'd have a confrontation between WWF and WCW, and then Shane introduces some friends he's got, yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and yeah. have all like the ECW guys and even the WWF ECW guys come out. Yeah. That double swerve, yeah. Like that's what you need. You don't need all of this. 
pretending they're gonna fight because you because I I saw right through it having not known nothing about it I mm. saw right through it straight yeah. away. I think as well when you know you're trying to figure out why it is that everyone's got such bad memories of this and everyone's got bad memories of it is because well. You know, they watched at the time, there's a lot of bad memories associated with it, or there's been a constant narrative of this is shit. Mm -hmm. But one thing that's particularly bad about it is that if you were someone who was, you know, into your wrestling at the time and followed it closely and, you know, was a super fan or whatever, and you went from having three big companies to there being two big companies, and then one big company, and like, you know, WCW was going to be bought by Bischoff and Fusion Media, his media group, and they were going to run new shows and there'd be place for talent to go. I think the real worry that people had was that as this was going on, it wasn't just a case of, oh, this is uh, an angle that I wish was better. It's like, this is an angle which is possibly costing jobs and reducing the dollar value of this business as a whole, like, you know. So, because I remember I've been listening to some of Melser and Alvarez's shows from back in 2001 when they got on, like, this internet radio station and they're like, oh my God, this is crazy because we went from, like, there being three companies and us having this radio show and then two of those companies are gone and then there was the dot-com crash in 2001 as well and all these websites went out of business. So, I think a lot of the commentary at the time was kind of people being quite worried about the business mm -hmm. as a whole. Here we are in 2017 and it's not the way everyone wants it to be. Obviously, there's one very big company and all the other companies are very, very small by comparison. But there's definitely places to go and there's definitely plenty of wrestlers. Yeah. And I think, by and large, wrestling's grand at the moment. I think, you know, there's yeah. going to be, and there's a strong alternative. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe that's why also looking back at this, it's not going to be as like, ah, oh, no, terrible, because... It all worked out in the end, yeah. didn't it? Let's enjoy the fucking wrestling. And you know what? There's some gold watching these Raws and Smackdowns from 2001. Just skip the WCW matches. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Editor Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. As always, if you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on Stitcher, make sure you leave us an old rating or review. Make sure you give a little recommendation to any friends who are looking for some new wrestling podcasts and want to learn more about the invasion. Join us along in this new journey, won't you? What do you think of the current season? Shoot us a message over on Facebook.com slash Attitude Air Podcast. Or send us a tweet, give us a follow at AE Podcast on the Twitter. If you want to see some videos from our podcast or some of our favorite moments, the one place you can find all of our content now is facebook.com forward slash attitude era podcast. <laughs> We've got <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Can you do stuff and things to Wild Wild? <laughs> <laughs> stuff and things. We go into the vodka, man. <laughs> we have micro videos. We've got some of our longer videos from back on our old YouTube channel. And most importantly, my favourite thing is we've got some little grunt compilations going together. If you find me on Twitter, at Biblops, B-I-B-L-O-P-S, send me your best grunts, and if I think it's the best, it'll go on the list. And if you're a fine purveyor of stuff and things, head on over to botchamania.com. Stuff, things, glamour. <laughs> you want to support the Attitude podcast? Do you like our show and you want to help us make more of it and make Billy Keeble get over here easier? You can back us over on patreon.com slash 
AE podcast and you'll get access to a bevy of delicious rewards both audio and otherwise for your ears and your eyes become a one dollar backer get access to all of our show notes for all previous episodes five dollar backer gets you access to the smackdown crawl adam and i are reviewing every single episode of smackdown starting way back in 1999 just around starting 2000 now shortly there's over 16 episodes Get your hands on some sweet, juicy bonus content. Adam and I are having so much fun recording the SmackDown Crawl. It is the weirdest, most manic hour and a half of podcasts I think I produce on a regular basis. We've been doing it for about eight months and I feel like I've aged about four years. (laughs) (laughs) As well as that, you get access to things like our book reports where Adam provided an audio summary of Kane's journey into darkness, much to my various bemusements and chagrin. $10 backing gets you access to a monthly Q&A podcast with my bad self where you can ask me anything and you'll become a hardcore member of the Gladgate community. Become a Dan Severn back. $20 gets you access to all of our audio commentaries, past, present, and future, for free, as well as discounts and upcoming merchandise. We've got a couple of new commentary tracks there available now as well. See No Evil with Kane and No Holes Barred with Hulk Hogan, as well as Beyond the Mat, the fucking Flintstones crossover, CM Punk Best in the World, and many others, all available as well from selfie.com slash podcast. But for now, it's going to be a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. And we're going to see you at the invasion. Oh my goodness, I'm excited to talk about this one. We'll catch you next time on the Attitude Era Podcast.